welcome to Libraryland Loves. I'm Michelle Arbuckle, Director of Education and Member Engagement at the Ontario Library Association. And today we are with one of my very favorite people, Maria Martella. She is the owner of Tin Lids, which is the official wholesaler of the OLA Forest of Reading program. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Michelle. It's so great to talk about books with you again. And yes. I know I can see you and our, our audience won't be able to, but it's great to see you. <laughs> it's lovely to see you as well. Thank you for being here. So today we are talking to Maria, as we tend to do, about her favorite titles. She always gives fantastic book recommendations. I came away last time with, uh, I think, one of my daughter's favorite books. And so I always thank you for your insights. Um, and Rhea is sharing her favorite titles with us today in time for everyone to go out to buy local for the holidays. And we are talking about our favorite titles to read over the holidays. So Maria, why don't you take it away? What have you got for us today? Oh, I've got so many great things for you. Um, I'm going to start with The Paper Boat by Tao Lam. Um, this, is, this book has a lot of qualities that I love in a picture book. Uh, this one happens to be wordless. So, but I do love visual storytelling and it's a family story, which I always love stories about um, different kinds of families and, um, and their, you know, their situations. Uh, this one is actually a refugee story and it's based on the author's own story of, of uh, fleeing, from, um, uh, fleeing from Vietnam. It's got beautiful end pages of uh, newspaper clippings, but beautiful artwork as well, like with these paper um, images. Uh, and I love it because there's this, qual there's this uh, sub, sub story or, or subplot of these ants that are also fleeing and they end up in this paper boat. Um, but it's really a story about family um, legends and it's about karma, it's about um, the mother before the war, the mother tells um, uh, the, the daughter stories about how she kept, how her mother kept ants away from invading their food. And she would have these bowls of sugar water, but the mother would always rescue the ants. And then later when they flee, um, it's the ants that actually save the mother because the mother gets lost in the forest and she follows this trail of ants, which leads to her boat, to the boat that they were uh, fleeing in. So it's just um, a beautiful look at um, courage and all of the, the strength uh, that we draw on, you know, and especially in stories. Uh, what her mother, in the author's notes at the back, the uh, author explains that her mother was actually uh, pregnant with her sister, but she didn't tell her family that she was pregnant. And, you know, she makes a note and says, when looking for strength and courage, I often picture my mother pregnant with my sister and stranded at sea with me, which, you know, <laughs> just, mm -hmm. uh, it just really touched me. And, uh, you know, made me think about the people in my life that I draw strength from and the stories that I draw strength from and, mm -hmm. um, you know, these beautiful, strong women and role models that we have in our lives. So I just love her artwork and her stories. And apparently she has a new picture book coming out in the new year uh, called Tao. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that I'm really looking forward to. That's great. It's, it's a picture book, but it has almost graphic novel vibes to it, the way that it's laid out Absolutely. in the illustrations. Yeah. 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 I love, I love wordless picture books. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And the second one I have is Slow Mo. And this is a really funny picture book by Deborah Kerbel. And she is telling a story from the sister's point of view. Sisters talks about her brother, Mo, who is a snail. And uh, it's, it's really funny. He's, you know, his, the adults in his life think he's cute. His Nana calls him a lollygagger. His mother calls him a slug a bed. bed. And he just moves very slowly and he looks at everything when they're on their way to school. He just pays attention to everything and he, he doesn't really know how to hurry, except when grown-ups aren't around. And then suddenly he's not a snail, he becomes a kid and he's faster than everyone. And so really he's slow when he's doing things he doesn't like to do. He doesn't want to right. go to school. And <laughs> so it's very sweet and charming and uh, and you know, it's about being patient with the people in your life who are slow and don't meet your expectations. And, you know, we all have people like that, that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe want to slow us down a bit and, you know, whether we're, whatever we're doing. Uh, yeah. I have a, a friend. Good one for, a good one for parents to and, read, I guess. Yeah. I have a friend that I walk with and she likes to talk more than walk. So I find her very slow and I have to like, you know, push her along. So it reminds me of her, but yeah, uh, very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Okay. And that that's, was slow-mo. I just wanted to say that the first one is an owl kids book and the second one is uh, is Orca and mm -hmm. it it looks like I've chosen all Canadian well I have chosen all Canadian books actually not on purpose uh, although I always keep Canadian in mind but it just happens to be that these are my favorite uh, picture books to talk about right now so well, there you go fantastic they, news for Canadian uh, publishing all Canadian <laughs> yes Swift Fox All Along is by Rebecca Thomas, and uh, people will remember her books, um, I Lost My Talk and I'm Finding My Talk. Um, this is Annick Press, and <clears throat> this is another family story. It's a story about a little girl who, um, her parents are separated, and one day her, her dad picks her up and tells her that she's going to learn how to be Mi'kmaq and takes her to, um, is taking her to meet her aunties and uncles that she's never met before. And she's really nervous about this. She doesn't think she's gonna fit in. She doesn't know if she'll have anything in common. Uh, she worries a lot. What if they don't like her? Um, and so when she gets there, she hides, but then another cousin comes and he's also in the same situation where his mother is trying to get him out of the car and he's very reluctant. And in the end, of course, she learns that she has a lot in common with, um, with this new family that she's she's meeting. And the author note explains that Rebecca Thomas, the author, um, she grew up off reserve, so, and had a, you know, a similar experience when she was younger. So um, I really liked that, uh, that story. Great of, illustrations. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the illustrations are by Maya McKibben. Um, and uh, yeah, she's, she's really good. Excellent, all right, that was Swift Fox all along. <clears throat> Swift box all along. Uh, this is Two Drops of Brown in a Cloud of White by Samia Balasubramaniam. And it's illustrated by Eva Campbell. Uh, some people might recognize Eva's uh, illustrations. Uh, she illustrated Africville. And um, what was the other one? Oh, she's in, illustrated quite a few books. But uh, oh, Machutu by Eric Walters and uh, Africville by uh, Shante Grant. Um, the, these illustrations are beautiful. It looks, they look like oil paintings almost, mm -hmm. but 
like you could you could see the texture of the canvas. It's just they're just gorgeous. And this is a really um, fun story about a little girl and her mother walking home from school one day on a very snowy day. And the mother really misses her palm the palm trees from her home. And um, the little girl loves snow. The mother tells her that you know she misses color and that everything is monochromatic. But the little girl finds color in the brown leaves that you know, wisp up and, uh, and the color of the sky, it has some, some, you know, yellow in it and green. And um, so she's really the one that kind of looks at the other side of things, you know, and, and teaches her mother how to catch snowflakes. And it's just a really nice little uh, moment with the mother and daughter and the snow that we're about to get. <laughs> so Great. just trying to trying to enjoy the season instead of you know thinking of it as a nasty part of our our life so two drops of brown so and a cloud of white that's great and it features yes. the characters and in that, that that they feature are are diverse characters yep. you know it's it's a yes. winter book that isn't just about white people so that's great yes and that's groundwood books great uh, and then from Pajama Press, this is Teaching Mrs. Muddle, and this is Colleen Nelson, illustrated by Alice Carter. Uh, this is a really fun story about a little girl who's just starting kindergarten and is very nervous about going to school, uh, worries that um, she's going to miss her mother. Mrs. Muddle tells her, you know, that, you know, that, that uh, she probably, that the adults will probably miss the kids and that, you know, she turns everything around so that the kids really are paying attention to everything that Mrs. Muddle says because Mrs. Muddle is gets all the name tags wrong on the kids. So, um, so they have to help her. They have to help her find their way <clears throat> through the school when she goes to, <clears throat> excuse me, when she goes to um, take the kids on a tour. She takes them to the to the library instead of the music room and gets all the rooms mixed up and and the kids have to like correct her mistakes. So. They're so busy helping Mrs. Muddle to correct her mistakes that they don't have time to really miss their their parents. So the so there's a lot of really um, good little jokes and and lots of humor that the that young readers will will get and appreciate. So I love that. And Colleen Nelson used to be a, a kindergarten teacher, and now she I think she's now a middle school teacher or something like that. But she's great. She's on our forest of reading yeah. often as well. So yeah, yeah, she's written some great kids love it when yeah. they get to, uh, you know, be smarter than the adult in the situation. Absolutely, I, I take some offense to the fact that Mrs. <clears throat> Muddle is a redhead, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Redheads were often presented as, as not understanding what's going on. That's okay. <laughs> it, it's not quite as bad as Amelia Bedelia. She's, she's in the end, you, you, you know, I mean, as an adult, you know, that Mrs. Muddle is doing this deliberately. She's not, yes, you know, an, right. an airhead or anything. <laughs> great. <laughs> redeemed she's a redhead but she's not an airhead okay. uh, raven rabbit and deer is also a pajama press uh, book and it's by sue farrell holler illustrated by jennifer faria i shouldn't know how to say that because it rhymes with maria well it doesn't rhyme but it's spelled the same way i liked this book another snow snow story um but i liked it because uh it's a really nice introduction um to what they call Ojibwe Moen language. So all of the um, little uh, animals and the, and the characters are indigenous. Uh, a little boy is taking his father, his grandfather, I should say, through the forest for a walk. And 
um, showing his his grandfather, um, you know, how to how to do things in the snow, how to have fun, and and where he likes to walk. And as they go along, the grandfather points out uh, the animal tracks and uh, all of the different animals that he sees. The deer, he sees some deer hiding. He sees birds, and he refers to them in both English and in Ojibwemowin. Um, and uh, I liked it because you know people are getting out a lot more now. And this age group, this, uh, you know, he looks to be about four or five, they really do love nature. And, and if you point things out, they really do pay attention. Um, and the idea of the little tracks in the snow, even in the mm. summer when, when animals, you know, make dirty prints on your couch outside, you know, your, your <laughs> furniture outside, little kids, you know, like to, to think about clues of, you know, what kind of animal was that um, that yeah. came through here? And especially in the snow, because it's so interesting to see little tracks of the snow. But it's also wonderful, whether you live near a forest or not, there's so much to see in the winter. Uh, you can see the nests and the trees and, and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So I really liked that sort of attention to what you're walking by and hearing. And um, yeah, and it's really nice to have an Indigenous uh, um, language as well. Yeah, and they put the name of the animal in the in their language beside the English name. Is that is that what I that's saw? That's right. Yes, yeah, you did. Great. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. On the um, in the end pages, the they do as well. So, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, fantastic. So that and, was and Raven, Rabbit, and Deer. Raven, Rabbit, and Deer by Sue Farrell right. Haller. Fantastic. And now I'm moving on to fiction. Um, I'm starting with The Brushmaker's Daughter by Kathy Kaser. This is a second story press book, um, another Canadian author and Canadian publisher. This is part of their Holocaust Remembrance series. And uh, this is a, gir a girl who's 12, Lillian, and her and her father are um, trying to avoid, um, so it's set in 1939, I believe, or yes, 1939 Berlin. And her father and her are trying to avoid being captured by the Nazis. Uh, they end up meeting this man called Otto White Wheat. I'm sorry, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Otto Weitz. And he runs, um, he has this factory and he hires the girl's father to work in this factory where they make brushes, which apparently they, so they make brushes like toothbrushes, uh, brushes that, you know, can shine your shoes, brooms, all kinds of things that require bristles and, and uh, a brush, a brush with handles. And the, the interesting thing about this book is that it's based on a true story that this man really did exist. And he only hired, so he hired Lillian's father who was blind, and he only hired blind people, blind Jewish people to protect them uh, from being taken away from the, the, um, the, the Nazis. So I loved it from this point of view of this young girl who, uh, you know, is terrified and, and, you know, is her, she really uh, loves her father and her father is very good at taking care of her. And she's always amazed at what her father can do, even though he's blind. And it's just, it's such a quick read, <clears throat> you know, it'll take you an hour to read it. It's just a, a, a lovely novel. It's a hundred pages basically. And <clears throat> I love that it's inspired by a true story. The author actually visited this um, this 
factory, which is now a museum in, in Berlin and uh, Kathy Kaser. She's such a great writer. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I loved it. This is the kind of story that I would have loved as a child. I, yeah. you know, the hardships, the, the fear of being caught. Uh, and at one point they do get caught, but, and then of course, all of the incredible information at the back with a photo of um, the people who worked in his factory. And they were, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, they were all blind. And, uh, and just the interesting historical information, you know, about this man who risked, risked his life to save these people um, is just incredible. I, I just love it. Real hero story. And so we moved up from, from the picture book age. So what age would you, is that a chapter book or a bit beyond? Yes, this is a, this is a chapter book. She's 12. So I love it when we get um, these yeah. chapter books that are really accessible, you know, like I know she's 12, but a 10 year old would, would be able to relate to this. Um, you know, kids, kids who love um, stories of survival and true stories, especially, which I think most kids do. Uh, so I would say anywhere from grade four to seven, eight. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's lots to discuss. There's lots of, uh, you know, things you can look up on the internet and uh, yeah, I just love it. It's very accessible for the struggling reader that's older because, you know, if you, you can see the cover, it's not a, it doesn't look too young for mm -hmm. um, a 14 year old even, but that's right. it's, it's a, and it's really nice to be a quick read like that. So if you've got a, an older kid mm -hmm. who's struggling, it, they'll get through it very easily. So that's great. Yeah, All right. Beautiful. A brush writing. maker's daughter. That's great. Yeah. And second story press. And another one from second story press is CL. Um, I really liked this. I, ha I haven't read a story like this with this voice before. Um, this is a, a, um, a, a non-binary teen. Uh, so the voice is very different for me, you know, like, and um, also the voice is different because it was translated from French. So mm -hmm. I love when that happens because, you know, like I, I know that um, sometimes we get these translations and the phrasing is so different words, you know, the, the structure of the sentence even sometimes is just a little bit different. And I love that pub when publishers do that because it just feels real to me. It feels like the way that, you know, people think isn't always the same and it doesn't always come out the same way. So um, this, this is a really great story about CL. CL is a, a, a gender non-conforming uh, teen, trans kid who just started high school. And they have a long distance relationship with their um, boyfriend whose name is Erikster. And Erikster has just moved to Iceland. So, so it's a long distance, you know, and CL is trying to make it work. Um, what I love is, is this character has a YouTube channel called CL is Bored. And on, his, on the, their YouTube channel, um, they, you know, they talk about things like the fact that there's no uh, gender neutral washrooms in the school and how frustrating mm. that is. Um, CL's best friend is another, a trans girl who, uh, is, her name is Steffi. And Steffi is, is um, trying to not be as visible as a trans person. So she wants to make more non, uh, non um, She's trying to make more non-cisgender friends at high, at high school and not be the trans girl. So the two of them mm -hmm. are very different, CL and Steffi, where CL wants everyone to understand that they are, um, are uh, non-conforming uh, trans kids. You know, it, it's opposite to what Steffi wants. So it kind of um, makes them fall apart a little bit. 
but I love it because, you know, they're all just figuring everything out. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it shows a lot of different types of trans characters in this story, mm-hmm. which I also liked. Um, yeah, so I think, again, another quick read, uh, good for, I would say, 12 and up. That's great. Great representation. Yeah. So that's CL by, is it Sophie that's LaBelle? CL by Sophie LaBelle. Yes. Sophie LaBelle. Like All right. Oh, the Canyon's Edge. I adore Dusty Bowling. Uh, this is, um, so Dusty Bowling wrote The Insignificant Life of a, cac- of a Cactus mm-hmm. uh, and Momentous Life of a Cactus. And she's, she's a really great writer of character. Um, so this is a girl named Nora who, whose mother has been shot and killed um, in a restaurant by a random shooting shooter. And her and her father are grieving um, a little bit differently. Her father just wants to stay away from people. He doesn't want to send her to school. So she hasn't been going to school. They decide to take a trip uh, to explore a canyon in the Arizona desert. They're really good climbers. They've done this in the past. And uh, she really wants to go back to school when they get back. And she has a big fight with her father. Um, and they're, they start at, in the middle of the fight this big flash flood happens and basically sweeps away her father and all of their supplies. And she's left because they're scrambling to get back up the side of this, this mountain or the side of the canyon, I guess is what it is. And she's left on the top and her father is on his way up, but gets swept away. So all of the supplies are gone. They're in the desert. There's scorpions, there's snakes. There's, you know, the fact that she's, she doesn't know if her father's alive or if he's, you know, if he survived it. It's written in verse, which when it's done well, and this is done very well, I just love. Um, and it's like she has to um, face all of these obstacles. And also for the last year, she's been having these nightmares about this beast. And, and so here she is in the desert and she's having these nightmares. And it's just it's gripping, it's fast paced, it's, it's well-written and uh, it's a real look at survival and courage and, and what's inside of you and how, you know, how she finds her strength to, to go on and, and eventually, you know, um, find her father. So it's really mm-hmm. great. Uh, Daughters great. of Jubilee. Oh, and that was um, yeah, Little Brown, I think. Little Brown, yeah. Uh, Canyon's of- Edge by Dusty Bowling. Canyon's Edge. Yeah. Dusty okay. Bowling. Great. Daughters of Jubilation, I love stories about people that have magic, especially women that have magic. Uh Uh, This is set in Jim Crow South. And uh, this is a girl named Evie. She has what they call jubilation, which is like passed down through generations of black women, um, these magical abilities. And hers is just um, sort of starting out. it starts out really with a very humorous scene. Well, I have sort of a dark sense of humor, so I, I loved it. It's a girl who's being praised for being a hero for rescuing this family, this white family. She, but, and so all of the, these journalists are there and this group of people and her mother is so proud of her because this tree, this big, huge oak tree was gonna fall on this family and their car, but she moved them out of the way just in time and saved their lives. But then what you don't what you what she explains after that after all the excitement dies down is that she was actually trying to kill them <laughs> so she ended up in this neighborhood this white neighborhood where 
like she was angry at someone and she rode her bike and ended up in an unfamiliar neighborhood. And this man uh, and his wife were actually very mean to her and were, you know, basically told her that she didn't belong there and that she should leave. And so she thought in her head, wouldn't it be awful if that family had an accident? And suddenly mm. this big oak tree was kind of lifting itself out and then she stopped it just in time. So I found mm. that kind of funny, just the writing, the way I'm probably not saying it as humorously as the, the author did, but uh, I loved it. It's full of family curses and magic. Um, she lives with her single mom and her two little sisters that she's trying to take care of. She, it, it's about first love. Um, it's just a great read. And that's... Mm. That's Daughters of Jubilation by Kara Lee Corthron, and it's Simon and & Schuster. And then do I have time for two Select more? Daughters of Jubilation. Am I rushing? You sure do. Okay, good, good. Okay, so two more I've got. Um, these ones are um, very different. Again, uh, The Surprising Power of a Good Dumpling by mm -hmm. Y. Chim. Uh, I, I gotta, I've got to say I've chosen it for the store, for the... Um, the cover and the I was going to say this cover is very I, enticing to me. I could the not font, the yeah, color, right? the yeah, food, I love it. The font, the color, the, the food, food. Yeah, <laughs> this is scholastic. Um, yeah, the surprising power of a good dumpling. So I thought it was going to be really funny, but actually, it's about. Uh, it's not really funny, but it's very um, real and heart and heartwarming in a different way. It's this girl who lives with her um, mother and her uh, sister and younger brother. Her name is Anna, Anna Chu. And she has a lot, it's one of these stories where kids have so much more responsibility than they should at, at their age. And um, she's always looking after her brother and her sister. Um, and she, but her mother is suffering from real depression, uh, mental illness. And she tries to deliver, you know, food to her mother in this darkened bedroom and you know she has to judge whether it's it's going to be a good day or a bad day based on how her mother reacts to the her coming into the room her father owns a restaurant and uh she wants to work in the restaurant but her father just wants her to concentrate on school her father is basically in denial about her mother's condition um and it's just a very um powerful look at a family and their and the way that everybody handles mental illness and, you know, secrets or the pride, the, uh, and, you know, the, the different cultures, how they respond. It, it's, it, it really um, was an honest look, I think, at, um, at that, at that very, you know, hard and dif difficult uh, issue to deal with um, and how, how you find help if you do uh, know how to look for help and who you look for help. Um, I really loved it. I thought that the the girl was a, a really great character. She wasn't perfect. She was angry, sad, uh, loving, you know, um, you know, just just a, a really beautiful coming of age story, but also a really good, um, um, powerful story about mental mental health and uh, and how we handle it in family situation. Yeah. So I loved that. And and what age would you say that one's for? Um, I would say that would be anywhere for um, probably 11 or 12. Plus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that was surprising power of a good dumpling. Of a good dumpling. Yeah. Love it. Uh, the next one is probably the hardest. I got all, I've got all these little post-it notes uh, everywhere because I, there were, there were so many lines in this story that I thought I wanted to 
share with people. I, I won't share them today, but just, I mean, in my personal life, I was just like, oh, I've got to tell my brother about this. Or mm -hmm. uh, So this is everything sad is untrue. And then in brackets, a true story. Uh, Daniel Nayeri, um, this, this is a hard book to talk about and, and one that I probably will reread, which I don't often reread books unless I really, really love them. And I do, I think this book deserves an award. Uh, definitely Newberry. I know it's too late now, but this is a boy whose uh, family flees, or, well, he flees Iran with his mother. His father is left behind. Um, the mother and father um, separate, are separated. Um, and uh, it's a very, very different style of storytelling. So it's this boy, Daniel, uh, the author's name is Daniel. So it is based on his memories of uh, fleeing Iran, living for a while in uh, Dubai and Italy in refugee camps, and then eventually ending up in Oklahoma. And he's in middle school in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, the story takes place in, in English class, in front of the class, this boy is telling, he's 12, uh, this boy is telling um, stories of ancient Persia to his classmates. And his classmates don't believe him. Uh, the story is really modeled um, on, uh, on uh, Scheherazade stories. And so, you know, there's a lot of demons and curses and blood and, and poop. <laughs> and there's, it's, just, there's a, it's just such a different, it's a story about stories, basically, about how to tell stories. It's a, a not like the Western mode of storytelling, you know? which is what I loved about it. Mm -hmm. I also love that we have all so many more diverse books right now because it, you know, growing up, I mean, I know a lot of us, you know, we read stories just about white families mm -hmm. who, you know, didn't eat the same food as we did, or, you know, like, like everybody sort of grew up with these very white characters and, and, um, you know, North American stories or, or European stories, but, this one is really, um, it really kind of reminds me, it, it reminded me of so many family stories that, you know, those kinds of stories that you don't even want to tell friends unless they, you know, for sure that they would understand, that they wouldn't be shocked, you know, mm -hmm. by the, the, by the fact that, like, in this story, his, uh, his father and his uncles are killing a bull. And it's just very matter of fact, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, he, he makes he makes a reference to the fact that his father laughs at his mother because she doesn't want the kids to see it. But but his mother didn't grow up on a farm like his father. And his father says, well, you right. know, it's farm life. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, it reminded me of a story of when, uh, you know, my uh, one of my uncles killing a rabbit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, again, my mother freaking out. But my dad mm -hmm. and my dad, too, actually, because but. You know, that kind of thing where I wouldn't necessarily repeat that to one of my classmates because they might think it was barbaric or something, but it's right. not. It's just, mm -hmm. and you know, you're not, you're not looking for sympathy or anything, as he says in this, in this book, it's just a matter of fact. So, so I just liked that, um, you know, it was a different way of thinking. It's not an easy book because the way that he tells a story isn't very linear. It's like, you know, you can see the cover is like a tornado, yeah. right? And it's, it's like great all of these. 
it's a beautiful cover. He's mm-hmm. on the roof of his house. And then there's this big tornado above him. And in the tornado, you can see all of these things relating to like, uh, there's the bull and the phoenix and all these Persian references, you know. Um, so it's really, um, like I said, a story about stories and about storytelling. And his classmates don't believe him. His teacher doesn't even believe him. And uh, at one point she says, you know, something about that, like about how, and he said, says, you know, my stories are not beholding to Western, you know, culture or something like that. Mm. And she starts laughing and realizes, yes, okay, well, I love the way you use the word beholding, you know. (laughs) Uh, So it's just a brilliant, brilliant book and one that you're not going to read quickly, but you're going to savor everything. Like, there's so many quotes in here that I want to go back and so many great stories that you know, wow. those, those like family myths and, and, uh, yeah. and fables. So I loved it. Everything That's sad great. is untrue. Has Daniel Nayeri uh, written anything else? Apparently he's a publisher. I looked him up. Uh, he oh, okay. is, and it says here, uh, a screenwriter and one of the youngest publishers in the industry as the head of Odd Dot, which is an imprint of Macmillan. He, when you look him up, Odd Dot, it's all these like little activity, weird, quirky activity sets and uh things like that so yeah i have i've not read anything else of his so um but he's brilliant and i would say even though the character is 12 and they do refer to it in a lot of places as middle grade i think it's a it's a a good reader that needs to read this if if Mm -hmm. it's middle grade because it it really is a ya i think uh Mm -hmm. ya title and even crossing into adult like adults will love it as well so wow that's fantastic love it love it that's great was that did you and save the best that, for last or is there still another? I well nope that's it I mean I have a pile here that I thought <laughs> if, if I have more time but if no that's okay there's you know lots on my desk here I got another I have no doubt that you are always surrounded with your favorite titles mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. you know you just you're like the lady whose house is built out of books you know <laughs> it's great sometimes sometimes I don't even want to sell my last copy of something because I'm like I don't want to wait for it to come back in <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> well that's great thank you for these amazing titles we're gonna we'll put these into a list and uh and publish it with the podcast so that everyone can link to those very easily so they don't have to figure out how to spell all those titles and quickly get to those uh books to loan or to purchase as they need over the holidays it looks like we've got uh, enough there to to keep us busy for sure so great thank you maria you're welcome thank you for ha- for having me it is always a pleasure always a pleasure to have you so thank you so much for your time and and for bringing us and introducing us to interesting and new titles that we would probably never find without you so thank you (laughs) and i think that's all the time we have toward today's chapter so thank you for joining us as well if you have any questions or comments on our show today please drop us a line at the contact us section of our website accessola.com and we'll have links and photos, as I mentioned, from the episode up on the site. You can also visit us on social media at on Library Astock and on Facebook at facebook.com slash accessola. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell another library a person about us so we can share in the things that Library Land loves. Thanks, everybody. Bye.